just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. Welcome back to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. You know how I enjoy the emails from listeners or the voicemails from listeners. As much as I enjoy coming here and spewing forth endlessly, (laughs) I'm good on quantity. Not always on quality, but uh, this podcast was meant to bring people of a like mind together. And there are a lot of people in the audience that are very smart, know a lot of things, have experiences, have insights. And I enjoy hearing from those people because I think it makes the Rational Boomer podcast a better program. So I always encourage you to write or leave a voicemail message. You can write me at rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm, find Rational Boomer podcast, and leave a voicemail. Don't be shy. If you don't want me to say your name or anything like that, or you want me to omit things from what you've said, I'm happy to do it. But I think everybody should take the opportunity to have a voice in some things, especially if they're knowledgeable about certain areas or have insights or experience. I think that's valuable to all of us, the listeners and me for that matter. Well, as luck would have it, I do have another email message. This comes from a woman named Jenna. It says, hi, Mike, not sure if you've read or heard anything about the uh, mayoral candidate in Louisville, Kentucky, Craig Greenberg. I haven't. This is more a local uh, news story. I, I think I may have seen some things here and there, but I don't know any facts about it. So, Jenna, thank you for informing us. I am from Louisville originally, and I've known the Greenbergs my entire life. Craig and my older sister are the same age. We attended the same synagogue, and our parents would share carpool duty for Hebrew school. Craig was always excelled in life. In school, he won top honors, and he graduated cum laude from Harvard Law School. So he's a smart dude. He is a loving father and husband and is very active in the Louisville Jewish community. I was delighted to hear that he decided to run for mayor. I believe that he has the best intentions for the city of Louisville. His primary goal is to reform policing in the city with an emphasis on expanding mental health assistance. Both very important issues. Now, a man named Quintez Brown entered Craig's campaign office yesterday where he was meeting with his staff. Mr. Brown was greeted and then he began shooting. No one was harmed, thankfully. Craig has a bullet hole in his sweater, but not in his body, so that's a plus. Mr. Brown's lawyer is arguing that he is having mental health issues. Now, the media, of course, is labeling him as a BLM activist, which he's not. Mr. Brown is only 21 years old, and his former classmates have spoken out about how brilliant of a student he was. It is concerning that this incident, which I believe to be a mental health crisis, could put a stain on BLM in Louisville. Fortunately, Craig was able to go home to his wife and children yesterday, and I was curious as to your thoughts on this or if you've heard about it. Well, I've only heard little bits and pieces about it. The unfortunate thing is these kind of 
events are happening all too often. People shooting guns and shooting at people. This uh, society has almost come become like the Old West. We're hearing about too many gun issues. I live in Minneapolis. Actually, I live in a suburb of Minneapolis, and we're having a lot of problems with people doing carjacking with guns. I know of some people that have actually experienced it. So this is happening in a lot of places. This particular instance is a step further, where a firearm was actually shot, and this person was attempting to injure or kill other people. Fortunately, that did not occur. Now, the reason we have these problems right now with people with mental health issues acting out in these kinds of ways goes back all the way to Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan cut the funding to all mental health facilities, so a lot of people suffering from mental health problems were evicted from these facilities and sent out on the street. This was all an attempt to save the government money. But in effect, what happened was we took a lot of people who needed help and just threw them out on the street. It increased homelessness, and it increased violence on the street. So nice job, Ronald Reagan. I know a lot of people, the Republicans particularly, look back fondly at Ronald Reagan. And while he may or may not have done some good things, he did a lot of bad shit, too. Remember Iran-Contra and, of course, this very situation with mental health facilities. Now, that hasn't been changed since Ronald Reagan left office in, uh, what, 88? And um, so we still have a lot of people that need help in this country that are not getting it. They're still on the streets. They're ending up homeless. Or worse, they're getting involved in crimes, putting people in danger. And that's essentially one of the main problems here. Now, it's not surprising that uh, a radical right media outlet would say, oh, this is BLM. And to be perfectly honest with you, I'm assuming this gentleman was black. So they're calling him BLM only because he is black, not because they have any information that suggests he worked with or was connected to BLM. So these people are taking the opportunity to try to take down BLM because this young man happens to be black. Well, this had nothing to do with BLM. This had to do with mental illness and the fact that this country refuses to help people that need help. This is a sad situation. The right side media will do anything to push their agenda and to mislabel this young man who obviously has some problems. Those problems need to be addressed. Now, I wonder what's going to happen to this young man. As much as he committed a crime, is it best to throw him in jail, make the situation worse for him, or to get him some help? I say from the beginning we should have gotten people like this help. But unfortunately, the Republicans have chosen not to allow that to happen. But let's be perfectly honest. The Democrats have been in charge a few times since 1988. They haven't done anything either. This is the problem with this country. They want to cater to the rich, give tax cuts to the rich, 
and ignore doing anything for the middle class or the regular people in this country. I've said this before. We talked about the Build Back Better bill and how this was a transitional bill and nothing like this has been done for the middle class or just the people of this country in 80 years. That pretty much illustrates the problem with our government and what's going on in this country. Imagine Build Back Better bill, which they haven't passed as yet, but if it did pass, it's the only thing they would have done in 80 years to actually help the people that are the backbone of this country. That's got to piss you off. Our government, Democrats and Republicans, have refused to uh, do anything for the people that put them in office and instead give money to the rich and such. There's a lot of things we need to catch up on as far as tending to the people that are in the middle class or in the um, poverty level folks. There's a lot of things that need to be done that should have been done many years ago. And one of those things is deal with people who have illnesses. We have people that are sick and can't afford uh, medical care or prescriptions. That's been ignored. We have people with mental health issues, and they've been ignored. And what that ends up doing is costing this country a lot of money and putting people on the streets that shouldn't be on the streets and puts a lot of people in danger. But they don't care because all they care about is making a buck for their rich friends. So, Jenna, I think this is a tragic situation. I understand that people might be very mad at this young man for what happened, and that's understandable. He did commit a crime, so maybe he deserves some time in jail. But the problem is, you put him in jail, he's just going to get worse when he gets released. It could happen all over again. Unless you address the issue, the mental illness, this young man is never going to be better. He's never going to improve, so something like this happening again is very feasible. And then what happens? We've got a young kid that lives most of his life in jail. When, had he been addressed uh, regarding his mental issues, we might have been able to save one more person and be able to get them back into a normal lifestyle, a productive lifestyle in this country. Frankly, Jenna, this this story is very uh, tragic. Not only for your friend who's running for mayor, and the potential tragedy that could have occurred in that office. And if, even though there was nobody injured or killed, there's a lot of trauma that people will have suffered in this situation. I mean, if you're in an office or a business or a home, for that matter, somebody walks in with a gun and starts shooting, that is quite traumatic. That changes the lives of everybody who was there that was part of it. And again, it all goes back to the fact that this country, this government, refuses to attend to the needs of the people of this country. This is a tragedy, and I hope against hope that this uh, Quintez Brown, this young 21-year-old man, he should pay some price. He should be punished. But at the same time, if he does, in fact, have mental illness, That needs to be addressed. And we as a country and our government should be required to attend to that situation. 
So, Jenna, thank you very much for the email. Thanks for the insight. Thanks for giving us a news story that I really didn't know that much about. I heard little bits and pieces. Now that I knew, know the whole story, I feel a little differently about it. You know, there's so many things that are happening. You hear one little story from uh, a local story from Louisville. You kind of let it go because of all these big issues out there. But even though this is a local issue, this is a huge issue that we need to address because it's not just in Louisville. It's in every city and every town in this country, people suffering from mental illness. Now, either they're being taken advantage of, they're struggling in poverty and homeless, or if they're more violent, then they're committing crimes that could have been stopped or avoided by simply taking care of our people. All right, next up, let's talk about uh, some stuff that happened yesterday. And I feel like we're kind of at a turning point in this country about a lot of things that are going on. Sandy Hook, you remember Sandy Hook. This is where a a crazed gunman walk into a school and start shooting, not unlike what we saw or heard about in Jenna's note. But this was more tragic story because it didn't end as well. This crazed gunman goes in. He's got an AR-15, a Remington AR-15. This is a um, semi-automatic weapon. It is a weapon of war. I know people that own these. I've asked them all, why do you have them? And they generally have no answer. Some of them will say, well, to protect my home. Really? Really? Most of these people don't know how to handle these guns and wouldn't have the courage to use them if a mass horde was attacking them. This is about an ego trip. This is about their Second Amendment right. They've got to have these. And let's be perfectly honest with, with all of you that if the government was coming after us, Uh, AR-15 isn't going to be enough. But anyway, the parents of these kids, now there were 20 kids that were killed, six adults, presumably teachers, that were killed at Sandy Hook. This was a tragic day. This is one of the most horrific days in the history of our country. So what happened is the uh, parents of these kids that were killed, sued Remington, a manufacturer of weapons, and they manufactured the AR-15. And the way they promoted this weapon was pretty egregious, pretty egregious. And this was one of the problems that uh, these parents had with it. Well, they took them to court. And, of course, the the, the, uh, company Remington didn't want to go to court because they, uh, well, they didn't want the bad publicity. So what they decided to do is settle out of court, and that's what they did for $73 million. Now, that's a lot of money, but that doesn't bring 20 children and six adults back to life. But what it did do and why it may be a turning point is because this is the first time 
that a weapons manufacturer, a gun manufacturer, has been held responsible for a mass shooting. This is the first time. And it had a lot to do with the way they marketed this particular weapon. It's a very popular weapon because it looks like a weapon you would see in the military, but it's not quite that 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 functional. It's not automatic. It's semi-automatic. But the reason people buy these things is because they look cool. They look like war weapons. And largely, they are war weapons. Even though they're only semi-automatic, they can shoot a lot of bullets. In fact, this gentleman, when he went into uh, Sandy Hook, he shot 120 bullets in just five minutes. Now, yes, it's semi-automatic. But if he had a double-barrel shotgun where he could only shoot twice, he would still probably kill people. But this weapon afforded him the opportunity to shoot 120 bullets, kill 20 children, and six adults. So the parents then sued Remington. They didn't want to go to court. They settled out of court for $73 million. And there's an end to this. The parents insisted that we want the money, but we also want documentation, internal documents from your company, especially about the marketing. They wanted to get this information. Now, I don't know the specifics of what was in those documents, but obviously it's very important to these parents. And we'll probably see what is in these documents ultimately. That's why these parents want it. They want to expose what's in these documents. I saw one ad for the AR-15. I think I saw it on TV. They had a picture of the AR-15, and it basically said, get your man card back, get an AR-15. Well, that's a little ridiculous. They're playing on the egos and the stupidity of these people that feel they need to buy an AR-15. I know people that have them, and, and again, I've asked them why, and they... They don't have an answer. They're cool. And that's the problem. They're projecting this as cool and all these weak people that want to seem like tough guys buy an AR-15 for whatever little amount it costs and immediately they think they're tough. They think they're exercising their Second Amendment right when they have no business owning a gun like this. Now what was interesting when I hear about this story It tells me one thing. We are at a turning point. Now, finally, a gun manufacturer is held responsible and accountable in regards to a mass shooting. This is going to be a a big message to other gun manufacturers. They're maybe going to take more responsibility. Hopefully, they're more responsible with how they market these things and who they sell them to. Because once they start having to pay money out every time something happens, well, then things are going to change. They weren't paying out a lot of money before. They weren't held accountable. But now they are. This is a turning point in this country because this never happened before. So hopefully it has a serious impact on what gun manufacturers think when they're producing and marketing Weapons. We'll be watching to see what these documents look like and and uh, what they have to say. 
and I'm guessing they're going to be a little embarrassing for Remington. Probably don't want to release these documents, but they wanted to settle out of court more than going to court. So they gave up what they had to give up to get out of this, put it behind them, and forget about it. And the problem is the people in Sandy Hook, the people that lost kids, and the adults that died, their family members, they won't forget. And I suggest we don't forget. Now, when I think about this this particular lawsuit, I think of yet another lawsuit when it comes to the Sandy Hook problem. See, the parents of Sandy Hook wanted to also sue this conspiracy theorist, stupid, ignorant fuck, Alex Jones. Now, you know Alex Jones. He's on TV. He's on radio. He's on the Internet. He's always spewing bullshit and conspiracy theories. Now, what Alex Jones did when this happened, instead of being sympathetic and doing the right thing, what he did was he said, well, Sandy Hook wasn't real. It's fake news. The people that were out there were just crisis actors, and it was like a false flag. It didn't really happen. Well, the fact of the matter is that all of us know that's bullshit. The parents know it's bullshit. And Alex Jones himself knows it's bullshit. The thing is, he doesn't care. All he's worried about getting viewers, listeners, making money. So he feels like he can spew anything he wants out of his pie hole as long as it benefits him. But when you tell a bunch of parents that it was fake and they've lost their child, that tends to piss them off. So they, too, filed a lawsuit against Alex Jones. Now, Alex Jones never offered to settle. And I think that's partially because, well, he doesn't have much money left. He's getting a lot of shit coming down on him, not only with this situation, but the insurrection and other things. (laughs) We've got uh, Alex Jones sitting there with a lot of problems, and his money is dwindling. So they took it to court. Now, here's the fucked up thing about that. Alex Jones didn't show up to the trial. He didn't show up at all. I suppose he figured, like Donald Trump, if I ignore it, it will go away. Well, the fact of the matter is, it doesn't go away. What happens when he doesn't show up at the trial, he loses by default. He didn't even have a chance to fight for his point of view. Mainly because he probably knows he doesn't have a point of view. He didn't have a chance. But by not showing up and by losing by default, that means these parents will get exactly what they're asking for. So even though he didn't show up to the trial, he is going to be responsible for whatever amount of money is awarded to these parents. Now, I don't know how Alex Jones is doing for money. But I have a feeling this may be enough to bring his bank account right down to the point to where he truly is. Fucking nothing. He's a nothing. So we'll see what happens with that. But Alex Jones got other issues, too. So I'm not surprised he didn't show up. But I don't think he thought this out very well because it's going to cost him a ton of money. And he's got to be especially nervous now since he's uh, seen what's happening with the Remington Company and their lawsuit and their 
willingness to settle out of court to the tune of $72 million. We had one other settlement yesterday that we find kind of interesting, I find kind of interesting, and that is from across the pond in England, Britain, whatever you want to call it. And we're talking about Prince Andrew. Now, Prince Andrew has decided to settle his case. His case involves a young woman by the name of Virginia Giffrey. Now, she accuses the prince, Prince Andrew, of sexually assaulting her and abusing her when she was 17. Now, the interesting thing is she was taken in by Jeffrey Epstein, and she was basically a sex slave for Jeffrey Epstein, as many young women were. And apparently she hooked up, if you will, with Prince Andrew. Now, of course, Prince Andrew denies all of this, but what do you expect from this guy? It's funny about the royals in England. They think they're above it all, sophisticated. They're above reproach. Well, clearly that's not the case because Prince Andrew um, is in trouble. There were pictures. There were witnesses. There's evidence that he did, in fact, abuse, sexually abuse an underage girl. He's beyond the point in terms of the statute of limitations to be criminally charged, at least I think so. This young woman was just uh, civilly suing him for money. Now, when this first occurred and we first heard about it, we wondered, okay, does that mean that Andrew's going to come across the ocean and testify here? At the time, I said, not likely. He's not going to do that. So what, in fact, happened was that uh, Prince Andrew ran away from it. You'd think he'd want to fight it, clear his name, but no. Apparently, his mom, the Queen of England, said, Andy, you dumb fuck, you stupid dipshit, here's a pile of money. Now go deal with that situation. Now, some people might say the young woman shouldn't have taken it, but she's got to get on with her life, too. And she knows that if she goes to court with all the money that the royals have, this is going to be a long, drawn-out affair. And a lot of the money she wins, assuming she does, is going to go to a lawyer. So it made some sense to um, settle this. We don't know how much it is, but I'm guessing it's a lot. It may be in line with the $73 million, only because the royals are billionaires. They have tons and tons of money, and they want to make this go away, so they need to make it appetizing. And apparently they did, because Virginia Giffrey has agreed to let it go. Now, the problem for Prince Andrew is that while this has all been going on, the Queen of England has stripped him of all his perks, if you will, as prince. So, He's lost a lot, not only in standing, but also in reputation. He's been made to look foolish. And that's why I say, wouldn't you want to go clear your name so you get all your perks back and all your standing back and then live your life normally? Well, he's chosen not to do that. And the reason he's chosen not to do that is because he's fucking guilty. And he just wants it to be over with. Now, Virginia may be only one of a few young women that uh, had engagements with Prince Andrew. 
So now that he's going to settle this one, don't be surprised if we get some other other women coming forward and suing Prince Andrew. This isn't over for Prince Andrew, and his life is going to be completely changed from here on out. Because while he may not testify or may not address the issues forever, he will be known as the pedophile prince. All right, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So for some time now, we've been talking about this crisis on the Ukrainian border. There's the threat from Russia of invading the Ukraine. And for the longest time, I've been telling you that's not going to happen. Russia is not going to invade Ukraine. Now, I could be wrong here, but if you really look at the situation, it doesn't make any sense for Vladimir Putin to do this. Joe Biden and other European countries have threatened sanctions that would essentially cripple Russia economically, might even destroy them economically, put them through a lot of hardship. And unfortunately, it would affect a lot of the citizens of Russia. As much as Joe Biden or these European countries wouldn't want to do that, they are forced in a position to do this should they, meaning Russia, invade the Ukraine. Now, they've amassed 130,000 troops around Ukraine. Literally, they've got troops on on three sides of the Ukraine. The other side is on the ocean, and uh, I don't know if they have naval ships out there or not, but uh, they look like they're going to strike Ukraine. So Joe Biden is doing what he can to be diplomatic and talk to them and, and try to work something out. We don't even know what Russia wants. What Russia is truly afraid of is NATO. Now, he doesn't want the Ukraine to be brought into NATO. Because with NATO, you have a lot of countries that are all connected and they stay united. And that puts up a more effective front to Russia. Apparently, Vladimir Putin's worried about this. He's worried that they're going to make Ukraine part of NATO. And that would almost surround that, what, that western side of Russia with NATO countries. That makes him feel unsafe. Now, NATO isn't somebody who's going to attack anybody. They just try to be there to keep people honest. And if anybody needs to be made to be kept honest, certainly Vladimir Putin. Now, he said all along, oh, we're not going to attack Ukraine. We're not going to do that. Even though everything he's done at this point shows specifically that that's what he intends to do. So now we heard today that they are pulling back some of the troops. And Joe Biden and Vladimir Putin are talking and hopefully trying to work something out. Now, there has been no evidence that they have pulled people back. 
but it, it's not surprising that Russia might lie about some things. We're finding out that they wanted to set up some false flags, make a video making it look like Ukraine, Ukrainian people are doing atrocities. And this is why they did it. They were afraid, so they were going to justify why they invaded Ukraine. But they get called out on that every time. That's the one ploy that the Americans are using. Every time information comes out, they make sure it gets out into the public, into the media, so it makes Russians look foolish, especially if they went ahead and did some of these things. If it's already been uh, telegraphed by American media, it does make them look stupid if they actually do what American media accuse them of considering doing. So over the next week or so, and I'll tell you this, I'll tell you this. There are some people, there are some rumors out there that say they are going to attack Ukraine today, the 16th of February. And again, I still can't believe he would be crazy enough to do this. Yes, he's going to double down and triple down, but ultimately he's going to have to pull back. And by him saying that, yeah, we're pulling people back, we're nice guys, it's just kind of setting it up so that he looks good when they do pull back. And Joe Biden's going to have to be part of that, try to give them a window, an out, where they don't lose face in doing it. Because that's the only way Vladimir Putin's going to do it. He'll sit there for months if he has to. But it's got to be costing him a lot of money and a lot of time and a lot of security if he's got all these people amassed at the Ukrainian border. So we'll probably see something go on in the next three days to a week. This can't continue to go on. It's not good publicity for Vladimir Putin. And the more he sits there, the more plans are put together to go against him. If there is an invasion and there is fighting, we understand that there could be as many as 50,000 Ukraine killed in something like that. Now, there's a lot of people that think Joe Biden's going to send a bunch of troops and we're going to go to battle with Russia. That is not going to happen. Under any circumstance, that is not going to happen. They will offer advice. They will offer weapons. They will offer money to the Ukraine to help them fight against the Russians. But they will not put boots on the ground to fight against the Russians. First of all, that would be fucking crazy. That's a risk that takes it just a bit too far. So don't worry about that. But again, I'm going to say it again. I don't think Vladimir Putin will invade the Ukraine. Now you got the media screaming about it could happen any moment. It's going to happen. Oh my God, what's going to happen? But when you hear that in the media, you need to know. It's something I've said before. The media in this country now are nothing more than shit stirs. They want that anxiety. They want that fear. They want that drama and trauma because that's what gets them viewers, listeners, what have you. So what you're hearing from the media may not be completely right. I know Ukraine themselves have been saying, just settle down, it's going to be cool. Now, one of the things that um, Vladimir Putin wanted out of this deal is for Ukraine to say, yeah, we'll never join NATO, because that's a very scary thing to Vladimir Putin. Now, the other reason why he'd be interested in 
grabbing up the Ukraine. Because if you remember in 1991, when um, we had... uh, the USSR pretty much crumbled. And when they crumbled, one of the countries that was engulfed into the USSR was Ukraine. So Vladimir Putin looks at that country as his country, and he needs to bring them back into the fold. Well, nobody wants to allow that. So he thinks he has an absolute right to do this, but he also knows he's going to be accountable and there's going to be some punishment for it. And it's far too much punishment for him to risk. Let's watch and see. I hope I'm right, but I honestly think I am. It makes no sense for Vladimir Putin to take the hit that uh, Americans and other European countries are going to give him economically. That will give them far more problems than they have now and They've got a world of problems now economically in this country. All right, let's talk about um, the January 6th committee. Sent out some more subpoenas today. But who they sent them to uh, is a number of people that were involved in this fake electors documents that came out of the swing stage. You remember, we had a bunch of people that weren't elected to anything, create these fake documents and then send them to the National Archives, hoping that somehow Mike Pence would read them instead of the real ones giving Donald Trump the presidency. Well, that's a problem. That's a real fucking problem. And so now, because some people have spoken out about this, they're sending out subpoenas. We know that Rudy Giuliani pretty much was the kingpin, the guy who came up with the idea, a shitty idea, and it makes sense that Rudy Giuliani was the one that came up with it. He is going to testify, and it sounds like he's going to testify freely and give everything up, mainly because that's all he's got left to do. He doesn't have enough money to fight yet another subpoena, so this is what he's got to do. He's also finding out that Donald Trump is doing nothing to help him. He's struggling with money, and Donald Trump is nowhere to be found. What he probably doesn't know is Donald Trump is struggling with money, too. And this is just the start. Both these two clowns will end up in broke and either in jail or struggling to get by every day. One of the other people that they're calling with a subpoena is an Arizona rep, by the name of Jake Hoffman. Now, you may have seen him. Now, Jake Hoffman was interviewed on TV. They found out he was one of the fake electors, and somebody came up and asked him some questions about being a fake elector and where he got the direction to do this. Well, if you remember the interview, he basically said, I I, I don't know anything. you got to talk to the leader of the electors or the leader of the Republicans or whoever. He denied everything and pretty much ran away. Well, it turns out there's a letter that has cropped up, a letter that he sent to the White House, pretty much asking for advice on what they should do when it came to try to overturn the election in Arizona and what to do in order to create this document and this scenario with these fake electors. Yeah, he sent the letter to the White House. And some high advisor said, yeah, we'll take a look at it and we'll get it to uh, the proper people in the White House, in the Oval Office. 
So that tells you a lot here. First of all, this guy claims to not to know anything about anything, but apparently he knows a lot about a lot. He also tells us that there's a connection with these fake electors to the White House. Now, we kind of knew that already because we found out that Rudy Giuliani was the kingpin behind this. And at that point, he was working as a a personal uh, lawyer to Donald Trump while he was president. So this is going to be a mess for these folks. Like I said, there's a lot of things falling from the sky. The fake electors, the insurrection, trying to coerce other states into flipping the election. Donald Trump's in some deep, deep trouble. Then we hear about his accounting agency, his accounting firm that handled all his financial documents and taxes and stuff. Well, they've said, yeah, we've had enough. We don't want to work for you anymore. And by the way, all the documents, taxes that we put together in the last 10 years Yeah, you can't rely on them being truthful. What Donald Trump did was gave bad information to the accounting firm. And all those documents reflect all those lies and all that bad information. Here's what you need to understand. Mazur, the accounting firm that represented Donald Trump, is in some deep shit too. Because they did all these things for Donald Trump. And uh, they're going to be held accountable for it. So at this point, they want to separate themselves from Donald Trump because what Donald Trump is going to do is say, well, I didn't know it was my accounting firm. They know that, too. So they're setting it up so that uh, all the blame goes to Donald Trump and none to them. In truth, the blame belongs with both of them. Mazers know they're going to get fines or maybe somebody indicted but some bad shit's going to happen to Mazur. They can't afford to stand by Donald Trump for a couple of reasons. The longer they stick with him, the more guilty they look. And moreover, Donald Trump doesn't have any money at this point, so they can't make any money off of him. Mazur's in trouble, the accounting firm, and they know it, and they just want to be as far away from Donald Trump as possible. And that's exactly what they're doing. It's going to be almost impossible for Donald Trump to find another accounting firm to take this on and go through the 10 years, especially now that Mazur's has said, yeah, all those 10 years of documents and taxes, that's all bullshit. Donald Trump lied, and uh, we can't vouch for anything on that. So they need to hire a new accounting firm to go through all that and straighten it out. But given that most of it's lies, that's going to be an insurmountable job. Nobody's going to want to do that. And because of the situation with the accounting uh, fraud and the tax fraud and the insurance fraud and the bank fraud that Donald Trump perpetrated on society, it's going to make it impossible for him to get any kind of financing. Now, he's got 300, what is it, 300 million? Dollars that he owes, like soon, like in the next six months. We know he doesn't have the money to pay for it, so he would need to refinance it. Unfortunately, nobody's going to want to work with him. So he's got all kinds of problems with this. 
This is some of the shit that's raining down on him that's going to be overwhelming, insurmountable, and will be the thing that takes Donald Trump down. He will lose his shit. All he does is react on emotion. And when he gets this much trouble on him, his emotions are going to go crazy. And then he's going to make himself look even stupider. I wanted to talk about something real quick about the uh, Super Bowl. Of course, we had the halftime. We talked about that. I like the halftime. It was great. It's about time they paid a tribute to rap. They should have done it 20 years ago, but they didn't. But they finally did it. Now, on this halftime show, there was some talk of Eminem, the uh, white rapper that was on stage, was going to uh, kneel a la Colin Kaepernick. And, of course, NFL said don't do it. And, of course, um, Eminem did it anyway because that's who he is. And it was funny. For most of us watching it, we recognized the symbology of this thing. And we thought, yeah, that's cool. But the Republicans are losing their shit over it. They can't possibly stand seeing Eminem kneel. And their problem is the guy's white. It was easy to rip the black guy who did it, but now it's a white guy. But that hasn't held them back. As much as Rudy Giuliani may have seemed like he's giving up and going to give all the information to the House Select Committee, he did have an opinion on Eminem and his kneeling at the uh, halftime show at the Super Bowl. (laughs) Rudy was mad, and he's fucking crazy. And what he says is Eminem should have to leave the country for doing that thing. This is the thing that always troubled me. They always act like it's some disrespect to the flag and to this country. They look at it as violent in certain ways. But the fact is that they fail to understand that this is a peaceful protest against police brutality. That's all it is. That's what Colin Kaepernick did. That's what Eminem did on Sunday. But these people are all up in arms because they're disrespecting this country. That's not at all what happened. But, of course, at this point, people are just kind of laughing at these folks. They've lost a lot of credibility. A lot of things are coming out about them, especially Rudy Giuliani. So Rudy should probably just keep his mouth shut and not get involved in these things that don't have anything to do with him. He's got enough problems with lawsuits from Dominion for $1.7 billion to these uh, fake electors problem where he was the kingpin, the insurrection where he was part of the group that was inciting the... Um, rabid mod uh, rabid mob to in, to storm the capital so he's got a lot of problems i don't know why he's talking about m&m but you know what i'd like to do is i'd like to see m&m and uh, rudy giuliani alone in a room and let them battle it out verbally <laughs> rudy wouldn't have a fucking chance in hell All right, we're moving along. Now, it's funny, with all this shit coming down on Donald Trump, people are fucking freaking out. Republicans are freaking out because there's a lot of stuff that's happening, destroying documents, fake electors, insurrection, 
trying to overturn the government, undermining democracy. It's all coming out. And as I've told you before, between now and November, you're going to hear more shit, more things every day. And then ultimately, pretty soon, we're going to start seeing the televised hearings. And that's going to even bring it higher to the forefront. So they're upset about this. Now, when narcissists or idiots like this get in this situation, when they get cornered, they do two things. They're doing number one right now. When they get in the corner, they flail. They pull anything out of their ass. They're trying to do whatever they can to divert this whole attention on all the things that they've done. So what are the Republicans, the Trumplicans doing now? What they're doing now is they're going back to their old school complaint. Oh, Hillary Clinton spied on the Republicans. And it's in this new report by this John Durham. I don't know who John Durham is. I don't know if he even exists. A lot of people don't think he does because everything you see about him in the news, um, whether it be on TV, the Internet, in newspapers, they only show one picture, and it's from 2006. Nobody's got a current picture of this fucking clown. So to think that he may not be a real person, that sounds crazy. But all the things we've seen with the Republicans over the last five years, it wouldn't be surprising. But anyway, what all these Republicans are doing now is saying, oh, just you wait till the Durham report comes out. It'll show who the real criminals are. Hillary is definitely a criminal. We'll show who are all the true insurrectionists. And when I hear this, I just have to laugh because these people have no credibility at all, certainly with me and probably with none of you. Because for a year and a couple of months, we kept hearing these people say the same things. Just wait. Donald Trump will be back in office. Just wait. JFK Jr. is coming to Dealey Plaza. Just wait. JFK Sr. is coming to Dealey Plaza. There was all kinds of election fraud, yet they have no evidence at all. Court after court, including the Supreme Court, has thrown out this election fraud thing because it doesn't exist. So when you come to us and you tell us such things, though, just wait. We kind of laugh at you because you're a joke. You're really a joke. The stupidity is amazing to me. I never understood that there were adults in this country that were truly this stupid, not to mention individuals, but the vast amount of people that are this this stupid. They're being gaslighted by the right-wing media and the Republican politicians. Now, this gaslighting is so ridiculous, absurd, that anybody with average or above intelligence just laughs at it because it's an absolute joke. It's ridiculous. But there's a certain amount of the uneducated, the stupid, the Trumplicans, who will believe whatever is said. And then they just run around repeating it, and they keep doing that in hopes that uh, it will be believed at some point. Well, they have no basis, in fact, for these uh, complaints. There have been people who have looked at the Durham report, if there is such a thing. Apparently there is. And all the claims that the Republicans are making that are supposed to be in this report aren't. 
The report is actually bullshit. It doesn't really show anything. It was poorly done, and now people are misinterpreting it or just lying and gaslighting people. So now we have the Trumplicans on board, and that's the next thing they tell us. Just you wait. That Durham report comes out, and you'll be singing a different tune. No, we won't. Just like every other promise you've made that you haven't come through, you people have no credibility. You're ridiculous. You're borderline stupid. Not borderline stupid. You're, in fact, fucking really stupid. So we'll see how that shakes out. But if you get concerned about this Durham report, don't. There's nothing in it that says anything that they're saying now. It's a fucking joke, just like everything the Republicans and the Trumpelkins do. Fucking joke. Last thing I wanted to talk about is Eric Trump. It was funny. I saw him on Fox News. And this guy looked like he was on the verge of tears. I mean, he was having trouble holding it together. And the reason he was on Fox News is because his company with his dad and his brother and his sister is under fire. Like I said, the accounting firm left. The Manhattan District has all the uh, tax records. There's all kinds of investigations, both criminally and civilly. Letitia James, uh, who is the uh, Attorney General of New York, is investigating and eventually prosecuting a civil suit against Donald Trump for any number of things that he did while he owned his company. You know, the idea of changing the value in his property making it more valuable when he was dealing with banks and insurance companies and less value when he was talking about paying taxes. All of that is fraud. All of that is illegal. And they've got it pretty well spelled out in all the documentation they have. So now, as I've said, they have to fight back. We know what Donald Trump is doing. But Eric Trump went on there and he was complaining about Letitia James and how he was going to go after her and expose her for what she is. Now, several times I've heard them say, well, Letitia James ran her campaign on getting Trump. Well, even if that were true, so what? That's not illegal. That's perfectly fine. You can bitch about it and cry about it, but nothing will be done about it because it's not illegal. But the fact of the matter is, Letitia James did not run on prosecuting Trump. It's very easy to ferret out by looking at her campaign and what she was talking about before she became uh, the attorney general. So, again, it's all bullshit. They're trying to divert, distract, project, do whatever they do to make somebody else to blame. Let's blame Hillary. Let's blame Letitia James. And there was a time that that may have worked, but not this time. Too much information has been exposed, and they aren't going to be able to divert the information. So all you Trumplicans, if you come to the podcast or come to my TikToks and say this shit, I'm simply going to laugh at you. I'm going to laugh at you because you're a joke, and then I'm going to block you because... You are worth nothing to me. You lie, you gaslight. You don't understand facts. You don't care about facts. 
All you do is whatever you hear on Fox News or OAN or any of those, and you just parrot it over and over again. You're not even smart enough to do some critical thinking. You're not smart enough to have a personal opinion. You have to have it fed to you by the media and by politicians. And even though it's a lie, you'll stand by it like it's absolute truth, like it's gospel from God. Well, what's going to happen is you're going to end up embarrassed and you're going to end up in trouble. So as I say, this is what they do. These kinds of people do when they're cornered and they've got no way to go. They flail, they fight, they pull shit out of their ass and say anything. They divert, distract, and try to project whatever's going on. That's the first step. The next step is they just bolt. When the things that they're trying to do now don't work and they're cornered, They're cowards, so they will bolt. So watch for that. Watch for that because that's the normal process for these kinds of people when they finally get exposed, pushed in a corner with no way out. I don't know how they'll do it, but they'll just take off. They'll bolt because they don't want to deal with the problems they can't distract from. All right, we're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for spending the time with me, taking the time to listen to what we're talking about here and what you're talking about. Again, send me the emails at rationalboomer at gmail.com. Go to anchor.fm, look for Rational Boomer, and leave me a voicemail. Your, uh, your information, your insights, your knowledge is vastly important to the Rational Boomer podcast. So I implore you to uh, reach out, make contact, tell me your story. Tell me your thoughts. Tell me your experiences. We'll all be better off for it. Unlike the Trumplicants, we as rational boomers need to know the facts, the true facts, whether it goes against the Democrats or for the Democrats. It doesn't make a difference. We want to know the facts. So if you have facts, if you have stories, if you have insights, send them to me. We'll make it part of the program, and the program will be better for it. So you have a great day, and we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.